Glorious are the names of Ashur and Asherah. Hello to you from Iran. Thank you for being with the Persian Magi. Today we are going to discuss the relationship between the Assyrian Empire and the House of David. Please don't forget to push the subscribe button and like our program. I previously taught that Assyria was a monotheistic country. I mean other gods, devils and genies are present there, but I thought that they had a one and only male god who is called Ashur, or more precisely Ashur. Ash being the solar aliflam of Aramaic. It must be Al-Shur, which according to the Arabic grammar, it is pronounced like Ashur. Al is for identification, and Shur or Sur is the same Hur, the god of Egypt, who Greece later on called him Horus. Ashur is a feathered bird, god of sky, and represented by sun. The conversion of H to S or Esh is very important between these two civilizations. Not only Hur becomes Sur or Shur, but also the sacred wine of Huma becomes Suma, and Aha, the female god, becomes Asha of Zoroastrianism. But Assyrians are not monotheistic. Sur or Hur is the winged devil flying above with the sun disk in the middle because he is sun, while they have a tree too, the sacred tree of the Assyrians is called tree of life in Arabic Shajar al-Tayyibah Shajar al-Ish or Ish or Ash coming from Ah as I said and she is the daughter the God the tree of God while Shur is only the protector of God in fact, the woman god, who is the essence of life and love, which in Egypt was symbolized as a cow or paga, and in Persian is depicted as a primordial bird called pari, sea, or seymour. In Assyria, this woman is depicted as a tree, the tree of life, Asherah meaning the god of life or tree of life. The picture of the tree of life with two winged genies tending it and Ashur flying above it was so important that had become the royal seal of the Assyrian Empire. In many cases the king was depicted tending the tree as well. It gives the impression that in Assyria Everyone is there only to take care of the tree, the Asherah. But the form of the tree is also interesting. While it is a tree, a current is also going on. I saw a paper from a Kabbalistic writer, Simo Parpola, 1993, in the Journal of Near Eastern Studies, who discussed that the Kabbalistic diagram, or Zephirot, 
is a direct borrowing from the Assyrian tree of life. Actually, it can be discussed that the Shekinah of the Kabbalah is a female presence secretly accompanying the male god of the monotheistic Jewish. In this paper, he puts the main gods of Mesopotamia in different locations of the tree, and no doubt the place of Ishtar is in the center. When we notice, we see that as expected, Ishtar or Asherah is again an eight-pointed star. She has relationship with all eight devils. In the meantime, she is in fact the heart and the center. Ishtar is keeping all clan of gods together. The others are just branches extending outside. That's why this is the tree of the woman god. What monotheists do is to remove the heart from the center of the tree. When the woman is not there, the tree is meaningless. All genies and devils will go away when there is no woman god in the center. After the tree is rooted and the clan of God is destroyed, the monotheists make a lineage because line means one person being repeated through the time. In the story of Exodus, we read that Moses brought Israelites out of Egypt to find the land of Canaan. Well, Ezra the scribe who wrote the first books of Torah many centuries later apparently didn't have much information about the geopolitics of the region because all lands of Canaan or Sham and Levant belonged to the great Assyrian Empire. Some may say Moses lived a thousand years earlier than we think, but the Assyrian Empire has historically and evidentially been there for at least 3,000 years. So when Yahweh of Torah promises this land to the tribes of Israel time and time again, he is in fact promising part of Assyria to them part of the land of Assyrians, the strong people who are the worshippers of the tree of life. The kings of Assyria were king priests. They only cared about religion and all their strong fights was for religion. The house of David could not have existed in Jerusalem with the constant of Assyria unless they believed in the same pagan religion. And we see that Torah believes David, the king of Israel, is a sinner. And Torah believes Solomon is even a worse sinner. But these sinners, meaning pagans, are ruling under the permission of Ashur. Then, after Solomon dies, their land is divided in two parts. The southern part is called Judea, meaning Jew and devil. This is what the house of David believed. And this is a Magi belief. And this house at that time continues there in Jerusalem. The northern part is called Israel, which contains ten tribes of the sons of Israel, Jacob. And behold, they believe in the father and son rather than father and daughter. We said in our program about Jacob that ten sons are inserted in this legend, while only two 
are the sons of Dinah. Then later on we have ten lost tribes of Israel. It means ten brothers are created by Torah writer. Then he just doesn't know what to do with them and they just get lost. This Israel in the north of Judea or in the north of Palestine means the alleged sons of Israel and these sons of Israel are not pagans. So Assyria should remove them and this is what they do. Israel which was in the north was removed by Assyrians and even though Judea is a micro country holding Jerusalem and Bethlehem the Assyria doesn't do any harm to them. In fact, the Assyrians supported the house of David. Actually, nobody could have built the first temple of Jerusalem without the consent and permission of the Assyrians. You see, the Israel in the north is sacked by Assyrians, while the temple is safe and sound, built and kept in Jerusalem, which is in fact part of Assyria. Why? Because the tree of life is there and Assyria is its protector. But in 612 BC, the Assyrian Empire collapsed and Judea, or more properly, the house of David, lost its most strong support. Therefore, the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar who worshipped the line of Marduk and his son Nebu, attacked Judea. I'm sure if Babylonia had power from the beginning, they would have kept Israel safe and sound. Nebuchadnezzar completely destroyed the first temple because it was the greatest monument of Assyria, the tree of life of Assyria, and he took the pagan house of David as prisoners and brought them to Babylonia. Later on, Torah was written, and the rabbi who wrote it deliberately neglects that all this war and destruction of temple was because Assyria and house of David were pagans, and this is why the temple was destroyed and they were taken prisoners. Much later, during the time of Hashmonid dynasty, this time the Pharisees who claimed themselves by trick, being from the house of David, went to the Babylon on their own accord and founded the Exilarch of Babylonia or Rosh Galot, head of Goliath. Apparently, they were used to seeing Babylonia as their supporter while the house of David, the real house of David, was kept by Zachariah and Virgin Mary, and she gives birth to Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. In our next episode, we will discuss why Jesus Christ was a pagan. Thank you for watching, and don't forget to push the subscribe button and join our program and like it.